This is The Two Halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Lowe on ABC Grandstand Digital. Hello everyone and welcome to this round 17 edition of The Two Halves on Grandstand Digital Radio. You can always find us as well on abc.net.au forward slash grandstand also on iTunes, so there's no excuse not to have a listen to us. Today, myself and Matt Logue from Rugby League Week will be dissecting all the big issues of the week. We'll preview round 17 and we'll check in on Australia's progress at the Festival of the World Cups over in the UK. Matt, welcome to another big show. We'll start with the news that has come out today. Seven clubs have been fined for salary cap breaches in 2012. Can you just take us through some of those? Yeah, afternoon, Amanda, and afternoon, everyone at home. Uh, Big, big news coming through from the 2012 season. Seven clubs. So the Cronulla Sharks have been fined $150,000. The Canberra Raiders, $144,393. While the Newcastle Knights and the Manly Seagulls, more than $80,000. So this is quite um, profound and significant, really, particularly for the, uh, I find the interesting one there, the Canberra Raiders. That's a, that's a, a lot of money. Uh, I'd be interested to go into the details of how these breaches come about yeah. and uh, the players involved with this. But the Cronulla Sharks, in some respects, they've recruited you know highly and well. So that sort but of how doesn't... hard will that hit them? One hundred fifty thousand dollars for a club that has been without a major sponsor for most of the season. It's massive. Yeah, like I don't know. Like you know, money doesn't grow on trees. And as you say, they've had a a very difficult year. Yeah, no major sponsor. Reports in the papers the last couple of days that they're the most untrustworthy club, and you know, like from <laughs> what is that survey? And, yeah, there's yeah. some survey done, and no one trusts the sharks. Yeah, oh, I suppose that you know, obviously, comes back to the fact that you know the Asada investigation yeah. and the whole drama around that. But you know, that's a lot of money, so it'd be interesting to see how they do go forward from that. But uh, you know, obviously, they've got a job to do, and we've got to stick by the salary cap, and it's proven that it's worked because you look at the competition over the past ten years. It's even, and usually if you win the comp, you don't usually stay there. Like, you've got to work hard to stay there, and it's very difficult to keep that premiership-winning squad together. So everyone obeys by the same rules. I've got no dramas with those fines. And, uh, of course, there is going to be a review of the salary cap for next season and beyond at the end of this season, so there will be some reforms in place. But uh, hit hard, the Sharks and the Raiders. The Raiders have already said they're going to challenge that. They under- they said, yes, we have overspent in the Tier 1 and Tier 2, which is it starts getting technical when you go into that, but they don't believe they should have been fined 144 grand. I guess that's something that will be, will be looked at when they do review the salary cap as well. We've had, obviously, it's been well publicised this year with the, the Tier 2 salary yeah. cap, and we've had Matt Moylan, you know, through Windsor and Penrith and all that sort of drama. You're trying to develop young talent, but at the same time, you bring them up in the NRL, it, it still counts in that NRL salary cap so they've got to work out a way where they can reward clubs for building their own talent but at the same time not I suppose working against them for for doing so yeah that's interesting going forward now three of the NRL's biggest names have been in the spotlight this week because of potential moves or potential re-signings with their clubs let's start with Sonny Bill Williams he's been one of the standouts for the Roosters this season a few days ago, there were reports he'd re-signed with the club for next season, a $1 million extension, but he has denied that. Nick Politis from the Roosters has denied that. What's going on with SBW? Yeah, interesting. The last two weeks, he has been outstanding, Sonny Bill Williams, and that's why all rugby league fans are hoping that he stays. So he's a, 
he's an absolute machine, really. Like he's offload, he's brilliant. At the moment, it stands out. My my understanding is that when Sonny Bill Williams originally agreed the handshake agreement with Nick Polites, it was always going to be two years. The reason they didn't want to come out publicly and say that it wasn't going to be two years because it would affect his boxing commitments. So at the moment, he's got the one year. They're saying that they haven't confirmed the second year. As you say, they've denied that. I believe it's only a matter of time. I believe his heart's in rugby league. I believe he wants to stay in rugby league. And I think that will happen at the moment. They want to do it on their own terms. They don't want to be told by a, a telegraph story or a, you know a story in the yeah. paper. So you don't think, you know, 2015 Rugby World Cup, he could go back and play for the All Blacks, but the All Blacks have this policy that they want players to be in the Super 15 for a full season before a World Cup year. So you don't think that could be something that lures him back over to the 15-a-side code? Oh, I think that's a big factor that may lure him across because, as you say, that's the rules. You have to play, play out a full season of Super Rugby before you then go and play international rugby in a World Cup year. So that that's the one thing that'll get him. But I believe he's very happy in rugby league. I just hope that we haven't jumped the gun too early and said, oh, he's going to stay. And him off, yeah. And he's going to back <laughs> off in the corner. But everyone listening to the show and everyone that watches rugby league, you, you know, at the start, we were really disappointed with the way he left the, the game. Yeah. But he's come back and he's playing good footy. And I'll tell you now, everyone's happy that he's here because it's it's it's, it's a pleasure to watch. Everyone except for Bulldogs fans, I well, think. Well, yeah. I don't well. think they'll ever let that go, but that's all right. <laughs> They're yes. entitled to that. Talking of the Bulldogs, Ben Barber, he's got two years left on his contract at Canterbury. He has made no secrets of it this week, saying he is seriously considering moving to a Queensland-based club, namely the Titans or the Broncos, if his former partner decides to move there with his two young children. So what's happening there? What have you heard? Mm. I, I wrote the story two weeks ago. I spoke to Ben and Ben said that on, on the record that if, you know his partner goes back to Queensland with his two little girls, it'd be very difficult to stay here. He'd, he'd have to go. He's since told Bulldogs coach Des Hasler and Todd Greenberg that that's the case. That family comes first. The Bulldogs are applauding Ben, and they're so happy with his development. He's come a long way from his well-publicised off-field issues. So they're happy that he's in a good mental place. They'd love him to stay. At the moment, I believe the Brisbane Broncos, they're, they're certainly the front-runners at the, at the moment. I believe his partner is moving back to Queensland, to the Sunshine State. So that's that's in, it's now balls in Ben's court. It's whether he decides, well, I can't live life without my two little girls who have played such a, a massive role in his transformation off the field in terms of his mental state. Yeah, when it comes down to it, family first, isn't it? So we'll watch that one with a lot of interest. Now, the third player that's been in the headlines this week, in the headlines every week, it seems, Benji Marshall. So it's still rugby league. Is, it, is he going to stay with the Tigers? Is he going to go over to rugby union? He said that he believed he had agreed to an extension until 2017. That was under the previous management. Stephen Humphreys has since left as CEO. So it's all up in the air again, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. It's been played out through his manager, Martin Tauber, the whole time. So Benji, behind the scenes until the other day where he's publicly said that he's disappointed that he you know, hasn't been delivered on that promise. So his manager's pretty much gone out and, and spoken to a lot of rugby clubs, I believe, in New Zealand. He's tried in Australia as well through the Waratahs, the Western Force. That hasn't really gone anywhere. At the moment, Benji wants to stay at the Tigers. He wants to stay in rugby league. He just wants to see the loyalty come back. I've spoken to him a number of times, and he's taken pay cuts at the West Tigers for years. He loves the club. He's always done that. So he just wants some loyalty in return. 
obviously the Tigers. It's a very difficult situation because his toe is not 100%. Yeah. His form, consequently, hasn't been 100%. So you sort of look at that and go, well, the Tigers, they don't believe that he deserves necessarily that, you know, that contract extension and money. So it's very much a war between those two trains of thought at the moment. What I find fascinating about this, Matt, is we always talk about loyalty in rugby league and players are no longer loyal to their clubs. But I'm kind of on the other side now. If I was in Benji's shoes and thinking my club doesn't want to stay loyal to me, they're sort of happy for me to go. If well, They're not happy for him to go, but they would be willing to release him. Then why doesn't he just go to another rugby league club? I, you know, He's standing up for his beliefs and I respect that, but sometimes you just have to look out for yourself. As in Ben Barber's case, he has to look out for what's best for him. You're listening to The Two Halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue. Matt, another case of a player perhaps behaving badly, David Williams. He's been charged with offensive behaviour and a fray for an alleged fight in, in King's Cross. Manly Centre Steve Matai says the team is sticking by the Wolfman. Mate, we back our brothers, uh, you know, 100%. So, um, you know, we're, we're with Wolfie um, going through this. We're with him 100%. So. Do you think there's much in this? Does Wolfman have cause to be concerned? Well, he's denied this and, and strongly denied any wrongdoing. So at the moment, the Integrity Unit and the Manly Club and the, obviously the police, you know, they'll go through the, the, the normal procedures and they'll work it out. But you know, I think it still comes back to the fact that I know it's very hard for rugby league players you know, to live that normal life. You, know, you go out and have a few beers with your mates, but it's got to the stage now where we, it is almost impossible you know, in terms of it can lead to trouble, and there are certain areas, particularly King's Cross, that will lead to trouble. So I think there needs to be a bit more smarts involved here where maybe you just don't go because it, it really it's just not worth the consequences. A player who's facing his own court charges, Blake Ferguson. He will be in court in a couple of weeks. Back training with the Raiders. I mean, do you think that he will make the most of this second chance? Anthony Mundine says he's been working closely with Blake and telling him to basically stay off the drink, stay at home and, and act sensibly. Do you think that will work, the words from Chalk? hope so, Amanda. I think, I think everyone does. You know, he's a great talent, Blake. Uh, he displayed that this year. His form was unbelievable. You know, Terry Campisi would put a kick across, you know, for the Raiders, and, and he was almost unstoppable, Ferguson, in the air. So I just hope he can work it all out and, and sort of stay on the straight and narrow and, and and not, you know, get on the drink. And I think Anthony Mundine's had his critics, but he's a great role model, I think, in that respect. He doesn't drink, and for all, you know, his, his flaws that people may think, He's certainly a role model for the Indigenous people, yeah. Anthony Mundine. So I think that's that's fantastic for for Blake, and I just hope he gets it right. And I think I hope the Raiders, for the Raiders' sake as well. You know they've had a horror. Yeah, no, they deserve some uh, good news and good luck for once. Up next on the two halves, we'll preview round seventeen of the NRL. Are you a member of a sporting club? At the ground level, across the body. Maybe it's your favourite footy club, or your local sports club. If you love being a member of a club, then why not become a member of ABC Grandstand on Facebook? Stay up to date with sports results and join in discussions on the latest news from around the sporting world. Plus, view some classic sporting moments posted by the ABC Grandstand team. ABC Grandstand on Facebook. Become a member today. The Two Halves Friday with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue on ABC Grandstand Digital. 
All right, let's get stuck into round 17. Tonight, the Melbourne Storm will be hosting the Brisbane Broncos, 7.35pm in Melbourne. The Storm, a couple losses in a row, Matt. That's very un-Melbourne-like. And the Broncos as well, their season continues to disintegrate a little bit after a very tight loss last week. How are you seeing this one? Yeah, it's a huge game for both clubs. The Brisbane Broncos, we've been talking about them all year. They just haven't seemed to really... Fulfill, fulfill their potential, rather. They've just really been disappointing. They're down languishing in 12th position, and they travel to Melbourne to take on a storm side who desperately missed Cameron Smith's leadership, both on and off the field against the West Tigers. It was amazing conditions at Leichhardt Oval, pouring down rain. Yeah. It, it resembled a swimming carnival. <laughs> I'm amazed anyone turned up. I know there were some critics that there was only you know, 6,000 there, but don't underestimate how horrific it was in Sydney last week. It's good on the fans that did show up. Oh, absolutely. No, they're, they're, they're very brave and they're very passionate, the Tigers faithful, particularly at Leichhardt. But, but on this game, I think Melbourne Storm, they're back at home. You've mentioned they've lost a couple of games. Cameron Smith will come back into the side and you could just see with the, on the field their direct. He just so calm, Cameron Smith, and the way the Melbourne Storm played against the Tigers seemed very rushed, and you know they didn't really think about the way they played. And I think Craig Bellamy he mentioned that in the press conference. I think you bring Smith back into the side there at home. Geez, they should be they should be too strong for Brisbane. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. The Camp Smith factor is enough for any team to get a victory. The Sharks will be taking on West's Tigers also tonight, seven thirty five at Shark Stadium, although they have a new naming rights sponsor. We can't mention it on the ABC, but that's good news for the Sharks. They finally have a new ground sponsor. Liam Fulton says from the West Tigers says he's looking forward to taking on some of his former teammates that now play for the Sharks. Yeah, well it looks like Bryce Gibbs will be back this week, so I think they've been saving him for um, for this game, so I guess I won't be running at him. So Tex War started already? He actually rang me this morning coming to train and telling me how he's going to take my head off and that, so this might be his last game of the year, first and last. Matt, what do you think? The Tigers, uh, they're starting to find their feet now. Robbie Farrow was enormous last week. Marshall getting back to some of his best. Will they do it again this week? There's a lot of confidence in the camp, and they've done an amazing job when you think about this still speculation about Marshall's contract. There's still speculation about Mick Potter. He's first year at the Tigers and they're saying he won't survive the axe. Like <laughs> That's the ruthless world of the NRL and, and rugby league, I suppose. They've won four of their last six, the Tigers, and they've got a great record down there in Cronulla. So they'll go down there very confident. They're coming up against, as we saw there with Liam Fulton and the good laughs. You know, I love that sort of stuff, the banter between yeah. him and Bryce Gibbs. They're good mates. you know. But I think that adds a little spice, extra spice to this one. You know, Andrew Fafita's been in great form, and he comes up against his former club. Oh, I just think I'll stick with the Sharks, but they've got, they got no Paul Gallon, so with no great confidence. But the Tigers, they'll be right up for this match. I think this will be a lot closer than people think. What about Gal? The New South Wales team is going to be named on Sunday afternoon. He probably will be named, but there are real serious doubts over whether he will make Origin 3, aren't there? Absolutely. Gal's one of those blokes that... Like, I don't know. He'd have to. You'd have to whack him over the head for him to not play. Like he's just. He just <laughs> loves. Him unconscious. Yeah, he just loves the Blues jumper, and he's played busted countless times. You know, like a number of players in our competition. But Gal in particular, very passionate, and he's our leader. I think. You know, he copped a barrage of boos, and he was off his game a little bit. I thought in game two up at Lang Park, but we need him there, no doubt, for game three. And we want to, I suppose, finally end this Queensland domination. And no, I, I think he'll play. 
but he'll have to undergo a lot of rehab and, you know, it'll be 24 hours. Well, for tonight's game, I'm with you. I, I think uh, the Tigers will get the two points there. Now, the Dragons will host the Roosters on Saturday at 5.30pm at Cogra Oval. Roosters hooker Jake Friend says the club has coped pretty well with the origin time. Yeah, it'll be a tough period, I suppose, with, with the last origin and a couple of boys having injuries and, um, I don't know, our coaching staff's good with all that sort of stuff and, they get us um, pretty well recovered every week, so um, hopefully we we can keep up this like this sort of um, form and and um, have a good back end of the season. Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue on the two halves with you, Matt. The Roosters just absolutely killing it, aren't they? Yeah, they rediscovered their their defensive steel on their own line on Monday night against the Manly Seagulls. They were outstanding. They just repelled Manly and kept repelling them. So, you know, I think that really makes it very hard for St. George to get the win, even though it is, you know, down there at Cogra. I just think that the the Roosters, you know, they're, they're going to be hard to beat this year. They've recruited so well, but their defense, you know, and, and it goes back to, I think, when the Roosters changed the mindset of defense with the rush tackling uh, technique when Ricky Stewart was a coach in the early 2000s. I think Trent Robinson's now re- redefining defence in rugby league in terms of off your own line and your centres rushing in. It's, geez, they're, they're def- and that's what wins premierships is defence. So I'm seeing the Roosters winning this one. I think they've definitely gone into second pre- premiership favouritism ahead of the Melbourne Storm now. It's you know, a Roosters-South's grand final for mine if they both keep up this form. Now the Titans will take on the Panthers Saturday 7pm in Darwin. So rugby league is going a bit un- unconventional this weekend. There are a few games in non-traditional heartlands. The Titans, though, Matt, a pretty massive loss last week to the Knights. Can they recover? Yeah, no, that, that, that got embarrassing. Um, they were well off their game. And, and it was similar to Leichhardt Oval. The, the field was just soaked in water. So it wasn't really like conditions for made for rugby league and, and expansive footy. But the Knights turned it on and the Titans couldn't answer. You know, it was over 40 points at half time, and you're thinking, geez, how, they can't win this. It's game over. I don't know how they hit back from that. The Penrith Panthers, well, they've, they've impressed me. They've um, got a side that's rebuilding, but they keep, you know, getting the odd win. I thought they were good last week against the Dragons, and that was at home. They do travel away, though. I'll stick with the Panthers. I don't think they can go well. I'm, I'm, as I mentioned, I'm really happy with the way they're playing. And Matt Moylan, I think he's been one of the fines of the season. Yeah, I've been left scratching my head with the Titans a couple of weeks ago. They're entrenched in the top five. They're looking great to make the finals after that loss last weekend. And Jamal Idris out for the rest of the season. Going to be very, very tough for them to regroup from this. Okay, we'll take a little bit of a break and then we'll preview the rest of the Round 17 fixtures. Grandstand NRL replays. If you miss the footy or just want to relive your side's great win from the last round, tune your digital radio to ABC Grandstand. Get replays of the footy on weekdays. He chips the ball over the top and takes it for And you can also listen live online at abc.net.au slash grandstand. Replays of NRL. Grandstand Digital. This is The Two Halves on ABC Grandstand Digital. 
Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue talking all things rugby league with you. On Sunday at 2pm, the Raiders will be hosting the North Queensland Cowboys at Canberra Stadium. The Cowboys, is this it finally starting to really rev up, aren't they, Matt? Yeah, no, that was a great win against the Cronulla Sharks last week. Uh, you know, I thought they finally found a bit of form. And this is, well, I suppose we've got to remember too, this is without Matt, Matty Bowen, who I believe is back running again in the hope to get another contract going forward at the club. But you know, Jonathan Thurston, for me, like he he was outstanding in Origin 2. And for him to back up for the Cowboys the way he did, you know, he's the key to their success. Uh, I think they can cause an upset down there in Canberra in saying that like, the Raiders, like, I think they've won... Is it 10, 10 in a row down there in, yeah. the, in, you know, in the nation's capital? Very difficult to, to get a win down there. It'll be cold. Not much snow on the snowfields not far away, but it'll still be cold. So I'm, 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 ex- I'm expecting a, a close one, but I might tip an upset and go to the cows. I don't know if that would be much of an upset. I'll stick with the Raiders purely because they are at home, but JT on song is easily one of the best alongside GI in the competition. Sunday at 3 p.m., the Bulldogs will take on the Knights at Mackay Stadium. So, of course, last year, this was the game against the Melbourne Storm. The Bulldogs took a game to Mackay, Ben Barber's hometown. He uh, was had a hand in one of the most magnificent tries of the season. It was a real kickstart of their campaign. Could this be a, a similar scene? They're hoping so. Speaking with Mick Ennis during the week, and he said... We want to get off the plane, and we just hope all those good feelings just come flooding back. <laughs> and you know, we're, uh, you know, they were outstanding last year in Mackay. And you're right, defensively particularly, that's what set the tone for them to go on and make last year's grand final. A big game against the Newcastle Knights a couple of weeks ago. They played against the Knights, the Dogs in Newcastle, and they got smacked. I think it was like 44 to four or 10. So you know, they were embarrassed on that day. So they'll be fired up for this one. Newcastle, well, you know, they've been a bit of a basket case, I suppose, in some respects. Inconsistent, very inconsistent. So they'll looking, be looking to get two wins on the trot for the first time in months. I'll stick with the Dogs because it is, because it's in Mackay and because there's a good feeling around that sort of, you know, they've been there before and done it before. But oh, this will be, I'm looking forward. I think it'll be almost a match of the round. It'll be a beauty. It's amazing to think there are nine rounds to go and still pretty much... Anyone can still make the finals, probably bar the Eels and the Dragons. Every other team is still well and truly in with a shot, including those two teams, the Dogs and Knights. So a win this weekend will go a long way to securing that top eight spot. Uh, I think the Bulldogs will get the points in that one. The Rabbitohs taking on the Warriors Sunday at 4.30 local time in Perth. So we're going everywhere. There's a game in Darwin, there's a game in Mackay, and our game way out west in Perth. Rabbitohs may be well on top of the competition, leaving everyone in their wake, but Greg Inglis, their mighty fullback, says there are still areas the Bunnies can improve on. We've been speaking about the whole time, just our starts and our, you know, how we click, you know, clock off for that little bit of period of time and just let teams back in the game. So, you know, that's one th- one area, well, it's very, very much our key area that we're focusing on. When we played over there, you know, we struggled towards the back end of that game and the Warriors started firing, so we were being in our game and... You know, they're just starting to click form and, you know, they're just playing like really, really good footy and they've got danger signs right across the field. So they're getting all the players back and, you know, we just got to be in our game when we go to Perth. Matt, if the Warriors play to their potential, this could be one of the most explosive, entertaining games of the round, couldn't it? Yeah, I can't wait. There'll be plenty of points scored as well. The Warriors were dead and buried not that long ago. Uh, an amazing comeback by them, you know, and there's no doubting, no one ever questioned the talent within that 
New Zealand Warriors side. I think it was just their application and their mental application that probably wasn't there. And I think that's changed. And now they're playing great footy. That was one of the games of the year last week yeah. against Brisbane. Conrad Harrell, how good's he? He's built <laughs> like a tank and quick for his size. And that was a great intercept. And, you know, I think that they'll be up for this game, but no bigger test than South Sydney. And there's a good article in your magazine, Rugby League Week, about Hurrell and how he's been working with Ruben Wiki to really turn his season around. Yeah, he's done a few uh, training sessions with Ruben, uh, you know, a noted hard man during his days, and he's a conditioner over there, trainer at the moment at the Warriors. And uh, now they've been doing a, a few sessions, and you can notice the difference because Conrad's got like, all the size and the, and the raw power. Yeah. But if you get him fit, good luck tackling him. Like, I, I don't know, I think I'd... Uh, Try and duck down somewhere. I don't know. Hide. I don't know what you'd do. But yeah, look, this sets it up as an absolute cracker. And these sides could meet again come semi final time. I can't wait. Stick with South because they've proven they can be more consistent despite those starts, as Greg mentioned before. But, you know, I think they should be too good. Oh, particularly with Adam Reynolds just getting better and better each week. Uh, and John Sutton, I think he really deserves a spot on the bench for New South Wales for Game 3. So if he has a big game, that might force his way into that Blues team. On Monday at 7pm, it'll be the Manly Sea Eagles taking on the Parramatta Eels at Brookvale Oval. And Manly hooker Matt Ballin says after some off weeks in recent times, the team is ready to find form. We've had a few losses and... Um... You know, we've got a lot of positives out of those losses with, with you know, what we can fix up and, um, you know, we have to do it this week and, you know, Parramatta will be a very tough side to play. Um, but I'm looking forward to the challenge and, and the rest of the team is too and we want to win. Matt, the Eels might be coming last, but at least they get Jared Hayne back this week. That'll be massive, won't it? Yeah, huge boost. And, and it was a massive loss also for the Blues, I thought, in Game 2. Jared was outstanding in Game 1. Parramatta and Manly, they don't like each other. and It's a great <laughs> rivalry. I think, you know, you go back to the 80s and... Uh, I, I really like this rivalry, and, and I think Manly need to get back on track. Kieran Foran will come back into the side, and they really missed him on Monday night. Their attack was a, was very sideways, and usually Kieran plays more direct, and, and I think that's what they need. I think they really need Kieran back in the side here, and they should be too good at Brookie. They've got a great record there, and they should be too good. Brett Stewart was back last week as well. I mean, he'll be better for that run, won't he? Yeah, it takes time. We all saw Josh Dugan come back, and fullbacks are very, it's a hard position, a lot of running, and you're and you're the second 5'8 now as well, so you've got that ball-playing responsibility, and we saw him slowly work into that into the second half. His combination on the edges with Jamie Lyon and his brother Glenn, I think that worked for a try for Jamie Lyon in the second half there against the Roosters. So, you know, he'll be better for the run. And, and I think at Brookvale Oval, you know, they'll fire up. And I think Manly are in an interesting position. They need to start winning and, and winning well to sort of stay in touch with that top four. Otherwise, you know, a home final, they may not may not get there. Yeah, and the bottom half of the eight will be very difficult for any team who ends up there. You're listening to The Two Halves with Amanda Shalala and Matt Logue. After this, we're going to visit the Festival of the World Cups. Do you love your sports? I love sports! Then find out what's coming up on the sporting calendar with ABC Grandstand. Simply log on to abc.net.au slash grandstand. Click on the broadcast schedule. And there you have it. Plus, catch up on the latest news and sports results. Draft, you don't know what the pool of players is yet. Two of Australia's defending Olympic gold medals. abc.net.au slash grandstand. For sports coverage like no other. This is The Two Halves. ABC Grandstand. On ABC Grandstand Digital. Currently in the UK, there are five different Australian competitions or teams in those different competitions battling for a different 
type of World Cup. It's called the Festival of World Cups going on over in the UK. So we're going to take you through some of the results. The five divisions are Armed Forces, Police, Wheelchair, Women's and Students. So the Aussie students, they kicked off their campaign overnight and they thrashed Scotland 96-0. So I think we're going to see a few of those big score lines from the non-rugby league powerhouse countries. 12 players scored tries for Australian Josh Damon had five, so the students getting their campaign off to a good start, Matt, as the wheelchair team did. Yeah, we're talking about big scores. Well, uh, the Australian wheelchair side, they, they uh, towed Scotland 148 to Gosh. nil. So that's 26 <laughs> tries. Now, Rick Engels was man of the match, and Jason Attard scored eight tries. So, you know, that, that's, that's a, a great start to the, to the World Cup for both those sides. And I, find, I would find it fascinating to actually sit there and watch because you're in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, that is that is a, such strength, you know, to keep it up. And, you know, I think that's obviously um, great starts. And I hope, interesting to see if we come up against some other nations that maybe have a little, a little bit stronger to see if that gets closer. Yeah, I think it, across all divisions, the Australian-New Zealand rivalry and probably throwing England-Great Britain in there as well will be the strongest. Uh, the Australian Armed Forces beat Serbia 112-0, so another massive scoreline. It got closer, though, when the Aussies played the Kiwis. Australia won 32-22. to now, early tomorrow morning, so early Saturday morning, Australia Police will start its campaign against Great Britain and the Gillaroos, the women's team, will take on England and Ruan Sims has been named on the bench for the Gillaroos and she believes that the team can take out the whole competition. I think everybody's in with an opportunity. Once you get there and once you start playing, uh, tables can turn, things can change, injuries can happen. And I, there's no reason why we can't come away with the win, but we're going to have to work really hard. And New Zealand have won all three World Cups and we've got them last in our pool matches and hopefully we'll get to play them at Wembley on the 14th of July and would love to lift that cup at the end of that game. So, Matt, do you think the Aussies can do it and, and win across all five divisions? I'd love to see it, particularly against the, as she mentions there, the New Zealanders have held such a control and a dominance. So I think if they can get to the final, they're every chance to do it and, you know, and create a bit of history there. And, you know, from there, a bit of more profile for Women's Rugby League. We'll make sure to keep you across all those results next week. If you want to catch up with our show, go to abc.net.au forward slash grandstand. Get on Twitter at ABC Grandstand. And if you want to hear a wrap up of all the round 17 games, listen in to the two halves on Monday with Shannon Byrne.